Welcome to another episode of the Stoic Creative Broadcast, where the art of living and the creative process converge. I'm your host, Scott Perry, author of the Stoic Creative Handbook, available now on Amazon. Visit thestoiccreative.com to download the free chapters and get guided and get going right away. Let's meet today's guest. So welcome everybody to the Stoic Creative Broadcast. This is the very first in a roundtable discussion. Today's topic is Stoicism and Creativity. During this broadcast, we're going to talk about purposeful uh, art making and purposeful craft, intentionally developing our craft, sharing it with the right audience, and uh, various other things around the creative process. Very pleased to have all of our guests with, with us. I'm going to begin by having all, each of our guests introduce themselves. We're going to start, ladies first, with Dr. Debbie Jockielis. Wow. Hi, everyone. Hi. Thanks uh, for having me. It's such a pleasure to be with you. Um, so what do I do work-wise? I'm an adjunct professor at Columbia University, a part-time private practice. I present throughout New York City where I live and around the world and in various other countries in the USA. I do writing. I do an occasional piece for psychology today. And um, additionally, my goal is to do my best to practice what I preach with the bigger goal of helping as many people as possible realize the how-tos of minimizing misery and maximizing joy in life. Very nice. Thanks so much. So now we're going to uh, go all the way across the country to California and introduce the Martin clan. So James, would you please introduce the folks to your right and left or introduce yourself and then allow the folks to your right and left to do the same. Certainly. So my name is James Taylor and I'm a keynote speaker uh, and trainer on creativity. I've been involved initially in the music industry very early on, pretty much all, all my life. And then more recently getting involved uh, really the past five years in online education. So uh, and as that kind of happened, I now end up speaking about creativity all around uh, the world. I was speaking this earlier this year in Singapore, um, just now in, in lovely sunny California. So uh, it's a lovely place to be. So um, I'll, I'll kind of hand on to uh, Alison next, who can kind of describe what you do. Okay, I, I, my name's Alison Burns. I'm a, a jazz singer. I tour um, pretty extensively around the world, and I've been singing for many, many years. However, that's not all. It's a massive slice, a big part of, what I, of who I am, but it's not absolutely everything because I'm uh, also an entrepreneur. I run uh, a record company, music publishing, I'm also a music industry lawyer. Um, through all my studies I've, uh, and my professional life, I've sung all, right through everything. Um, I'm also a, a fierce animal rights campaigner, and um, I love everything to do with um, saving animals and saving the planet. So um, that's me. <laughs> Hi, uh, I'm Martin Taylor, and I'm a guitarist. Um, my background is in, in jazz, uh, but it kind of spreads out a little bit further than that. I also write music, love my music for, music for TV and a few movies as well. Um, in more recent years, I got involved in online teaching and I have an online uh, interactive guitar <coughs> which is based here uh, in Napa, California. Uh, and just a, a couple of years ago, started um, 
with guitar retreats around different, in different mm. uh, places and parts of the world. Um, kind of uh, guitar vacation for guitar geeks, really. <laughs> but the, the idea is everyone has a lot of fun. We go to really nice places where there's good food and, and uh, it's, it's kind of a, ho a holiday experience. But also it's a learning experience too. So uh, that's uh, kind of what I'm, I'm doing. I also have a, a, a Patreon site uh, where I have uh, patrons who uh, basically I, I, I film and record requests for, for my, my patrons. So I have this online audience as well, which is I find really exciting because it means I can just do that at home in my, my studio at home. And uh, yeah, it's, it's exciting times. Very good. Well, thank you all for being a part of this roundtable discussion. I want to start, since the theme is stoicism and creativity, with maybe just a, trying to come to grips with what those terms mean. I'm going, going to start with the, creative, the, the definition of creativity or what being a creative is. And so I'm going to start um, with, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Greg. I didn't give you a chance to introduce yourself. It's okay. I need to get better at this. Okay, very good. Sorry, Greg. No, no, not not a problem. So I'm I'm Greg Sadler. Um, I, I do a lot of different things. I'm the editor of, of Stoicism Today and uh, part of the Modern Stoicism team, which is really great because I get to interact with some some pretty cool people because of that. Um, I also have a, a business, uh, Reason IO, which I, I started as I was moving out of traditional academia. Um, and with that, I do a number of things, uh, some philosophical counseling and coaching, some tutorial services, um, online classes. Uh, I guess the biggest thing that pe people probably know me for is my, my YouTube content. I've got about uh, 1,100 <clears throat> videos now in my main channel on various things in philosophy, including over 100 on, on Stoicism. Um, I will put in a plug as well. I also am on, on Patreon. So if you go to, to patreon.com slash Sadler, if you, if you like uh, great uh, philosophy content and you want to you know, contribute to that, I'm very happy about that. Uh, and then there's, you know, there's a bunch of other little things consulting here and there, but I think there's too many different, I'm sort of becoming like a jack of all trades in many respects. So yeah. <laughs> Totally understand piecing together a living <laughs> as a self-employed person. Um, really great to have you all here. Thank you so much for being here. We're going to start by just defining our terms, stoicism and, and creativity. I want to start with creativity, and I, I would actually like for everybody to answer this question. What does, what does it mean to be a creative? What is creativity? But I'm going to start back in California with uh, James Martin and Allison. Yeah, so I mean, the, the, the classic idea of creativity is new, novel, and useful. And there's three parts, the very important parts of them. However, depending on where you are in the world, uh, the conception of creativity is quite different. Here in the West, uh, we tend to think of creativity as this brand new idea that's created from nothing. Um, it's never existed before. That's partly because of our Judaic Christian background, this idea that the world created in, in seven days and, and all, that, all that side of things. In the East, they look at it very differently. They look at um, creativity as really where you combine two often existing ideas to create something entirely, not entirely new, but pretty new. It's almost like you know, a family of you know, two parents, people come together and a child is made and that and that's something's being created. So that, that term creativity can be a little bit of a loaded one, but the, uh, that's, that's the kind of way I think about it is this idea that it has to be kind of new, novel and useful. Nice. Oh, oh, 
actually, creativity, I don't think about creativity as as much as I probably should do, but I just think I'm, I probably lead a very creative life. But I always think of creativity in the depth of, of what I do as a singer and in relation to um, you know the way that I maybe sing something or the interpretation of lyrics and, and, and digging deep into the creativity of, of actually what I'm doing. But also as well, I find life really quite exciting. I'm also a vegan and a, with the different changes and different attitudes in, in relation to how people lead their lives and how they lead uh, a, a more honest life in, in relation to what they ingest, um, I find that, that there's a whole new area of creativity, even around food. You know, I just find there's a lot of creativity in, in everything, every aspect of my life, and it could be related to my profession or just day-to-day -day, um, normal stuff. What's normal? <laughs> <laughs> well, really, the, the whole thing about uh, me with creativity is that I'm, I never actually thought of myself as being a, a creative person. I just did what I did. And I, I started playing the guitar when I was really very young. And the guitar was never a hobby for me. It was kind of a way that I uh, made sense of things. And so I understood music. A lot of the stuff that was going around when I went to school, I didn't know what they were talking about most of the time. <laughs> but I understood music. I kind of figured, figured that out. So um, uh, it was, it's just been so much part of my life. It's almost like, well, um, uh, when does creativity begin? When does it end? And as, as, as James says, it doesn't come from, doesn't come from nowhere. Uh, one of the reasons I've established a kind of unique way of playing the guitar was because I was so open-minded listening to other other instruments that um, I was influenced, influenced by piano players and orchestral music and I just kind of miniaturized that on, onto the guitar um, but it's, it's not something it's, I'm just continuing some I just con consider it that way that I'm just continuing something that other people have created before me Fantastic. We're going to pause in our discussion of creativity here for a minute because Chris Gill has joined us and we're going to go ahead and give Chris a chance to, to settle in. And um, Chris, are, is your audio working properly? Well, I can hear you. Can you and hear me? We can hear you. Fantastic. Right. So we've are, we, we really just got started in earnest. So um, so pleased to have you join us. Would you please just quickly introduce yourself uh, and maybe tell people what you're uh, what your area of expertise is and what you're up to now? Of course. Uh, so I'm Chris Gill. I'm a retired professor of ancient philosophy at Exeter in, in England. Um, and despite being retired, I'm, I'm writing, an, <laughs> writing another book on Stoic ethics and its potential contribution to modern ethics. And I'm also actively involved in the modern Stoicism movement to try and present Stoic ideas in a, in a in a broad and accessible way, so that's that's uh, that's my uh, my role here. I think very very good. Um, I actually neglected to introduce myself at the beginning of the broadcast, so I'm going to do that now. I'm Scott Perry. I am the host of uh, the So Creative broadcast. I'm also the author of the book, the Stoic Creative Handbook, and um, I'll just weigh in quickly on creativity. The assertion that I make in my handbook is that creativity is simply the act of bringing something into the world that had not heretofore existed. So everything that we do, it's a basic human 
instinct that's a basic human expression. Every time we make a meal or make a mess or make amends, we're engaged in an act of creation. This conversation that we're having is actually um, an act of creation and that we level into artistry in a creative endeavor when we put some intentionality and a specific motivation, but more importantly, with when we actively engage in sharing our craft with other people. And so that's obviously where, where sometimes there can be a little bit of friction. Um, Greg, uh, uh, or actually Debbie, first to you, do you, uh, I would love for Chris, Debbie, and, and Greg, obviously to talk quickly, um, just give a, a thumbnail sketch of stoicism, maybe just a sentence or two, but if you wanna start by saying something about um, creativity, that, that would be fine too. And let's, let's start with Debbie. Okay. Well, my thoughts about creativity are very much along the lines of what you just said, Scott. Um, it's a unique creation that is expressed. And I think a great number of human beings deny themselves the joy, the pleasure of considering any activity, whether it's mundane, whether it's washing your teeth or cooking a meal or whether one has a gift or a talent. Whatever it is, we have a choice and it takes mindfulness and intention of allowing ourselves to be somewhat of a craftsperson or playful or both and to create and express in our own unique ways. So as a psychologist, the approach that I share and teach and use in my own life is called Rational Emotive Behaviour Therapy and it's the pioneering cognitive approach which was created by my late husband, Dr. Albert Ellis. And he constantly gave, as I do, credit to the Stoic philosophy and the element of Stoicism, which is core to REBT, is that it's not an event, but our perception of an event that creates our emotional experience. When we think in healthy ways, we create healthy emotions. And to conclude, hope I'm not going on too long. Um, when we are able and willing to make the effort to think in healthy ways, feel healthy emotions, then we allow ourselves the freedom to create. We inhibit that when we're telling ourselves stuff like I have to be perfect and other irrational ideas. Very good. Thank you, Debbie. Greg, same question. Well, um, I'm just going to say something about an aspect of creativity, because I think there's been a lot of really great discussion already. Um, and I think one of the things that sometimes gets gets overlooked is that, um, yeah, creativity is is often manifested in, in rather mundane ways so that, you know, like when we're talking with a client or you're connecting with an audience, you're not you having to, as we say, reinvent the wheel, right? It's not not always uh, something uh, creation, you know, ex nihilo or something like that. And so connecting, guiding things, um, producing these, these uh, sort of lasting connections in people's minds, uh, I think that is, is part of creativity. So every time that we teach the same material to a new set of students, we might be being creative, even though it seems like we're just doing something rather routine. And then as far as stoicism, goes, I'm just going to say a very few things, and then and I'm hoping Chris will uh, take, take all the weight on that one, because uh, I'd love to, to hear the, the condensation of it. So I'm just going to say that um, one thing the Stoics did uh, stress was that they were teaching an art of living, and um, it, it had to do with like giving things the, the right 
value or the right weight. So uh, providing the right perspective on, on various things and our, our responses to them. Um, so I'm just going to leave it there. And I want to hear what Chris has to say, because I always want to hear what Chris has to say. Go ahead, Chris. Um, well, I think Greg's. Uh, I think both uh, Greg and, and Debbie have made, made a, a, ter a terrific start with this. Um, I think that the Stoics. What I think the Stoics stress two things. One is that this art of living is a matter of, of realizing our ideal. Uh, it's a matter of identifying and constantly working at thinking about what your ideal is, and then I think it's realizing that we all have the potential. To realize our ideals we all have this creativity this potentiality this capacity to, to 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 work towards it perhaps not always to realize it but to work towards it i think those two things the sense of of, of the importance of the art and the capacity that we all have to 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 realize to realize our potential those two things i, I love uh, so i'm going to stick a pin on a couple of things that have been said uh, I love Debbie that how you talked about play and about creativity being tied to happiness and, and health, mental, spiritual, physical health. And Chris, to, to bring in the um, that idea of achievement of potential, which is really the heart of, of my thinking of the, the, the journey from being simply creative, which we can do in all, all aspects of our life, to rising to artistry in a specific endeavor. And so I wanna bring it back to, um, uh, James Martin and Allison, because like me, um, although far more success, <laughs> um, Martin and Allison and James have taken a creative passion, um, a cre creative expression, and turned it into not just um, uh, not just something that's enjoy, but a vocation and an actual uh, an actual job, an actual means of earning a living, and. I don't know about your experience, but mine, um, mine is that turning what we love to do as artists or as creatives into a full-time occupation comes fraught with all sorts of uh, dangers. <laughs> and uh, so to speak to us uh, on that, maybe starting with Martin, I mean, was what, what was your experience with taking your love of playing the guitar and turning that into a full-time occupation? Uh, well, I, it, it wasn't a decision in, in, a, in a way, really. Um, it was just something that I knew that I wanted to do. And I started playing the guitar when I was five years old. Um, my father was a musician, but not a professional musician. And, but a lot of his friends were. So I knew that you could play music and get paid for it and uh it, my thinking at the time was when i leave school i could do that and avoid having a job <laughs> that, that was kind of my idea because where i grew up um the, the area that i grew up in basically went to a a, a, a school where uh, i think we were most of us were just kind of getting ready to go and, and work in the factory you know so and i knew that that wasn't what i was going to do so i saw that way out um, uh, through music. And so I didn't actually, I, how creative I was at that time, uh, the, the idea of turning that into a job meant that a lot of creativity uh, had, was stifled, actually, be, because I had to go and play kind of music that I didn't want to play 
and sometimes I even lost interest in playing music because it was a, a, a job. Now, uh, as as I started to explore my own musicality a, a lot more, and I found that I could do something that nobody else was doing, and that there was enough people that wanted to hear what I was doing and learn about uh, what I was doing, then uh, it that. From that point, I never thought it, thought of it again as as being a job, but it certainly it's my my livelihood. So yeah, it, it's my it's just really it, it's my life is so much a part of uh, of who I am. So it wasn't as I said, you know, it was it was never a hobby that I turned into a job, and I, I know a lot of musicians that that did that. But uh, it was my way as a child to figure out what this life what what was this thing I'd been born into, <laughs> this place. It all just seemed such a mystery to me. Um, but then I, through learning to play uh, the music, I, I then was able to uh, uh, look at everything in a musical sense. So and how it related to that. So um, it was my it was my my focus, my my grounding was actually through music. As time went on, it that became less and less. But it was it was really how I the best way I can describe it is how I started to make sense of. Um, this world that I've been been born into that seemed <laughs> or seemed a bit strange. <laughs> so I, w I want to warn Greg and Chris that I'm going to bring determinism into this discussion in just a minute. Um, but what I love about what you just said, Mark, well, there's a couple things. What when but I, I frequently get asked by friends and neighbors, "How's the music business?" And I always say, "Well, it beats working for a living." <laughs> because as musicians we get paid to play right and we get to at, at age 50 and, and beyond get to arrange play dates with our friends <laughs> um but uh you know it is it, it, it definitely you know we, we always answer that say that tongue-in-cheek because when you are uh you know especially if you don't have the benefit of having your son being a genius marketer um, and, and booking agent, um, you know, you end up doing a lot of business side things that are not really as, as fun as the playing the guitar side. Um, uh, Allison, you, in, in your introduction, I mean, you, you have, you're an extraordinary singer, but, and I, and I, I'm familiar with your work with, um, animal rights and, uh, I, I, James has bragged on your, um, on your legal, uh, legal eagle status. Um, you've really cobbled together a very interesting life um, in things that are generally thought of as artistic or creative endeavors, and then things that that sound a little bit more um, business side. How do you how do you balance all the things that you're um, involved in? I mean, that obviously takes a lot of creativity. Well, yes, I think it probably does. But actually, what drives me is. Um, because I was thinking about that in advance, this was thinking what, what actually drives me, and I think from a very early age, there was a kernel of something that that was nurtured by anything's possible. I didn't really see any roadblocks in the way. So, you know, if I want to do something and I think that's a that's something I feel passionate about, then I'm gonna do it. I'm just gonna go and do it. And I didn't really see obstacles in the way. So with with that in mind, and all the way through school singing and singing in choirs and then singing professionally and also going into acting as well but thinking this is feeding a part of me but it's not feeding all of me and I think there's always been this thing within me that's that's saying this voice saying be true to yourself try and lead an honest life be honest with yourself you know and 
try and fulfill those elements that need to be fed within me. And thankfully, they've all been, I think, you know, quite virtuous in some senses, but also um, the drive is, is to feel that I'm happy with everything that I do. And also not to feel that, you know, I get to the end of my days on the planet and I say, oh, God, I wish I'd done that. And I, I'd never, ever, ever want to say that. I've never had to so far. So there's also going to be new things that I want to want to try try and be passionate about. But music's always been the thread that's, that's threaded through that. And with all the different things that I've done with my life, they've all sort of merged into one thing, which has actually helped me build businesses. And, uh, you know, within the music industry and also think about what I want to do next. But singing and music has always been this very, very strong um, thread all the way through everything that I've done as a creative person. But there's, yeah, there's that different side of me that wants to be fed. I want to, be, I want to know the details. I want to, you know, I want to drill down. I want to know what's going on. I'm curious about the numbers. I'm curious about how do things work? You know, people drink camel's milk now. Why? Why? Why are they doing that? What's, why are people doing certain things now that they feel that they, this is the new, you know, almond milk or whatever? You know, there's, there's lots of things that I want to find out about and possibly challenge along the way. And I think there's lots of scope in there for creativity. That's, that's my purpose. That's <laughs> fantastic. Well, thank you for bringing that, that into Cause I, I think that, 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 that level of intentionality and what motivates us is so important. But just as you were speaking about um, not seeing the, the roadblocks um, and mm. seeing just nothing but possibilities, it reminds me, of Carolyn Dweck's work with growth mindset and fixed mindset and how, you know, I spent a week with Allison James and, and uh, Martin in the Catskills as a guest instructor at, at one of Martin's camps. And I just, I watched you all. Um, I mean, there was so much, so much joy and just so much um, generosity in the work that you were doing there. And, um, I think, you know, in thinking about a successful life as a creative or artistic person, it seems to really require, Alison, you mentioned curiosity. I think, you know, you can't be frustrated or angry or stressed and curious at the same time. So artists and creatives have that kind of innate curiosity, but also just that optimism and that growth mindset where they're open to the possibilities and are willing to say yes to things even when they seem really scary. Um, James, do you want to? Do you want to? Yeah, I, I think uh, maybe one of the elephants in the room. But as you mentioned, this like uh, the camp, for example. When we often when we think about creativity, oh, we think about it as being the I, the individual. That that's a relatively modern concept. It, it came about pretty much a gentleman called Giorgio Vasari wrote a book during the Renaissance called The Lives of the Artists, where he said, you know. Uh, Michelangelo is the genius, creative genius. You know, this, these people are sort of individual. Before that, that was not the conception of, of creativity at all. I know, um, Chris, we always say on, on from the ancient Greek side, we, we felt that we were, we were vessels for creativity, and that creativity would come from the people around us, the community in which we lived, the, the genius loci, that, that places themselves had their own genius. And that camp, for example, you could argue that it wasn't just the individual teaching experience. But actually, it was the community around them, the place that they were in as well. And that uh, that concept of a third place, in that case, it was a camp, but 
you know, they used to be it would have been the, the symposiums where they would go and drink together or in, in, in something like uh, in Vienna, it might have been the, the coffee shops in the 1800s and 1900s. Um, taking that conception of it, the creativity just being an, an I, an individual, an ego-driven thing um, is, is quite a modern uh, concept. And I think it's actually useful to sometimes challenge that, that idea. Yeah, Elizabeth Gilbert has a great TED talk where she talks about um, genius coming through us instead of yeah. it's not it's not in us it comes through us um, and when that's a beautiful way of saying it because then you you're off the hook if things go badly because I mean obviously it was just a bad genius came through me <laughs> um, uh, but at the same time you still get the attention if, if you happen to, to hit a home run um, so we talked a little bit so Martin mentioned the serendipity thing, and I I see my own journey as a musician unfolding very similarly. I made a decision to go all in. I went all in, thrashed my way through in a career that enabled me to make enough to continue to do it the next day. Um, and it seemed all very kind of happenstance. But of course, in Stoic philosophy, there's the tradition of determinism. And uh, I hadn't planned on bringing this into the conversation, but I wondered if Chris uh, or Greg or both would um, want to, to say something is there any element of of fate or uh determinism that that um could be useful for creatives and artists to think about hmm. Chris, uh, go ahead well i think i think this this staircase determinism is is isn't quite what what, what people always think it is. It certainly isn't about fatalism. It's not that your life is all mapped out for you and there's nothing you can do. Fate is, for, for the Stoics, is the combination of all the kind of causes there are that make a difference, that make things happen. Um, and uh, among the things that make things happen, uh, and indeed the most important thing that makes things happen, is, is human, human decision and human choice. So we are part of the web of fate. We are part of the thing that makes things happen. So our decisions, the decisions we make on every any different any occasion, like James's decision at, at five to, you know, to, to 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 go into the artistic life, that's that's part of the web of fate. I think the I think in, can I mention another stoic idea that I think is actually more useful in some ways than than, than determinism for this purpose? <laughs> Their idea of that we all have four different roles, um, the four personal roles. Yeah. We have a role as a human being, um, which is which is a, a shared role. It's something we all have, and we all have the capacity to 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 reach to, to, to achieve the virtues and achieve happiness. We have our individual role, which is our own particular talents and inclinations. And we have a as we have another role, which is our social role, the role we find ourselves, you know, whether you're British or American, whatever it is, and, and you know, rich or poor. And then you have the, the role that you choose in life, if you are able to choose it. And the, what, you're, what, are, uh, are due, uh, what we should do as human beings is to try and achieve harmony between these four roles, mm -hmm. a role as a human being, a particular human being, as, as a, a given social occasion and a chosen one. And I think there's a, there's a, that gives us a, a very good framework for for ethical life and and perhaps for creativity. Um, that that we're trying to realise, you know, as human beings, perhaps 
all trying to realize the same thing, but in our own different way. Beautifully put. I love um, I, determinism. Does not mean that you sit back and wait for life to happen to you. We are we are called to act. I mean, as human beings, our job is to is to strive to achieve our potential as as social beings and as virtuous beings in the Stoic tradition. And so we are. It's it's, it's not a it, it's not a pass to do nothing. It's actually uh, a call to action to strive to achieve our potential as human beings, as creative beings. Um, Greg, yeah, I guess, I guess you could say that, um, I mean, Chris is right. But when we use this word determinism, it's what we call an equivocal term. It doesn't mean the same thing uh, in, in every theory or context. And I think for a lot of people, when they say, when they invoke determinism, they really do mean, well, no control at all. Uh, therefore, I have no responsibility, so I don't have to do anything. Um, if I'm not a star, it's because it wasn't in the stars, you know. Um, and 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 that's that's totally not what the Stoics are saying. Epictetus has this really nice um, discussion that, that we talked about in in our session about the musician who um, is anxious, and he says, "Well, what's this guy so so worried about?" And he says, well, he's, he's actually very talented and he's, he's put a lot of work into his craft. He's acquired a technique um, so he can reliably play, you know, the repertoire that he's supposed to play. What's he worried about? He doesn't know how the audience will respond and how the audience will respond. That's something that is, in, in essence, essence. Up, up to fate, right? Um, that's out of your control. That that's uh, subject to this whole nexus of other causes, like you know, psychological uh, motives, or you know, the way the stars are aligned that night, or who knows what why they respond positively or negatively. But you do have control over what you do, over um, you know whether you perform well or or don't perform well, whether you you follow through on your intention. I mean, if you show up to the gig drunk. Um, probably not going to perform that well, right? Uh, or if you say, I, I don't need to actually practice anymore, um, probably, probably not going to perform well. But that's, that's up to you. And so, you know, the Stoics um, are very good at, at differentiating between the parts that are up to us that we should worry about, that we should be concerned about and then handle properly, and the parts that just they're not up to us. And uh, we don't have to be anxious about those or angry when they go wrong or uh, any of these sorts of things. I do recall that um, bringing up that story in our conversation, and and that's a, a, an excellent example. Because, well, let's 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 get in, into that side of things. Um, I, Martin, I know that you um, have a mindfulness practice that you uh, you know is part of your life and and probably um, informs your creativity in some way. Um, and there's the idea of stoic mindfulness. Um, Debbie, your your vocation um, certainly. Uh, REBT psychology is very much about being in the present moment. What what are the benefits? Maybe just quickly thumbnail sketch of REBT's take on mindfulness and and how might it help somebody that is uh, a creative or, or aspiring artist? Well, one of the additional main aspects of REBT, in addition to what I mentioned earlier, it's not an event, but our thoughts about the event, thank you Epictetus, that creates our emotional and, and behavioural experience, is with awareness we have choice. So if we're not thinking about our thinking, if we're not mindful, in other words, in this context, taking time 
to recognize if we're thinking in self-defeating ways, then we're likely to not dispute ideas that are irrational and destructive and continue on a path of self-created restriction and at worst intense misery. And something that came to mind as I was listening to all of you wonderful thinkers and speakers is the connection between love and creativity and how when one does what one loves, I think most of us, certainly in my case, creativity is easy, almost effortless. And when I am creating in that sort of non-self-judgmental way, just freely expressing, I'm experiencing love. And, and so um, by being watchful, thinking about what we're thinking, catching thoughts that restrict and, and include perfectionistic ideals that I should be doing this and, and this isn't good enough and if I'm to succeed as a musician, I should blah, 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 and dispute them and enjoy the tranquility that comes from making effort to do the best we can, being mindful that in each moment, if we're intending that, then we probably are in that moment doing the best we can, relish the experience of love that's a gift to humankind and if we're not too busy and distracted to feel it regularly and then create and play in the unique way that we can. Excellent. I love that. that one of the, 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 the parts, one element of, of my handbook talks about how if we enter into our creative endeavor with a with purpose if we have a specific motivation and, and our motivation is is proper and if we have a specific aspiration that is of service to other people and we are aligned with uh, if our talents and our values are aligned with the audience that we seek to serve then things like happiness and passion and profit just can naturally spring from that and so often we have unhappy creative lives if we start by chasing the fame and the fortune, if, we, if, we, if we're chasing money and attention, those things, there's not enough of those to ever satisfy somebody that is seeking those as end goals. That's a very, very beautifully put. Um, Greg, something, uh, I mean, stoicism is, is very um, important, um, a kind of a foundation of REBT psychology and this idea of stoic mindfulness and how it might inform their artistic process. So you're asking me? Yes, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm not, uh, can't you tell? <laughs> how, how stoicism would inform the, the artistic process? Well, the, 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 that element of my being in the here and now. Oh, well, I mean, I'm, I actually, we had a really interesting piece on this that was published in Stoicism Today arguing that that stoic attention isn't quite the same thing as, as, as the sort of contemporary mindfulness stuff. Um, and I actually think that part of, so that it's great to be in the moment, right? It's great to, to be there, but it is important to remember that this moment is connected to the next, connected to the next. So we do have to think in terms of what end, ends we're attempting to achieve. Um, if we're like purely in the moment, we lose some of that. And so I think that, that, if we want to call it mindfulness, we can. Prosoke is probably better translated as attention. 
And um, the idea is we should be, you know, focused on what we actually are doing. And as I mentioned, we want to think in terms of our priorities. Is, is the priority to produce a, a good product or performance, or is the priority to, to be a big shot, or is the priority to make a ton of money? You know, if we're centered on, on you know, the other thing is too, if we're centered on the, the task itself, often what it is that we're working on guides us. You know? So if, if we're not so concerned about whether we impress the, the person who's listening to us, we can, we can find our way on the fretboard better. Um, we, we, don't get, we don't get so caught up in that. Very good. Martin, do you want to, uh, have you found, I mean, you've been fairly public about your, your, I guess it's a Buddhist meditation practice. Do, do you feel that, that that has brought you more, a greater sense of clarity or tranquility or help keep you centered as a, as a performing musician? Well, in my case, what happened, um, just growing up with music and creating music, creating music, I just had so much music going on in my head. It, it actually came as a, a shock to me one day when I was talking, I was in, in school, I was very young, and I happened to say, you know when you've got a melody going on in your head and you know, but you change it and, and everyone looked at me like I was completely mad. I thought everyone was going on. Um, so after a while it, it became a bit of a problem because it, it, I want to, oh, I've got to stop, I've got to stop all this music that's going on. Uh, I'm creating it in, 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 my, in my head all the time. So that it was actually my, my father that said, um, he said, you should learn to meditate. I thought, oh, great, that'd be like a, an off switch. I can, I can switch it off, but re really good. Um, then I, I realized it wasn't to do with that. It was just to be, you know, learning how to um, not attach to, to, to all, uh, all of these things that were, were going on. But what it, what it really did was, basically, I had all this, very, very young, I had all this creativity going on, uh, but it was chaos. It was total chaos, and actually, just by um, learning very, very basic meditation technique, it 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 uh, it stopped that that chaos. I mean, there's still there still are moments of chaos that that go on, but uh, what happened then was everything the creative process started to just flow more, you know, like a like a stream, like a river. You know, you haven't got anything kind of blocking it, or there's not there's not um, there's not too much uh, flowing, or uh, it's, it's it's going all over the place. So um, I, I just what it did, it just gave some order to this chaos that was going on in my mind. Because otherwise, if I hadn't have done that, uh, I don't think I would have been able to um, put all the that creativity into something that made any kind of sense. And uh, so it, that that's really why that became a very important part of my. Uh, a part of my life, and I was very, very grateful to have had that, that opportunity to to learn how to do that. And I continue doing it now. That 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 goes back to when I was a teenager. Fantastic, James and Allison. You guys both have fairly chaotic schedules by all appearances, and um, are doing great creative creative work. How how do you, what strategies or tactics or concepts do you? apply to um, keeping prioritizing and maintaining order but also just being present in whatever endeavor that you're actively engaged in at a given moment i mean i think you might use that word in intention um earlier the way the way i think about it and this actually i think there's, a, there's actually a lot of similarities i think between stoicism and uh, especially theravadan buddhism uh, obviously there's lots of branches of buddhism but theravadan buddhism which is like the older traditional 
can be seen as it's 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 the um maybe it's the more conservative side or maybe mm. the you say as well but i remember chanting to a, 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 a Theravadan buddhist monk once and and just thinking and asking him the question about you know the, these goals these things i wanted to pursue but you know i was feeling i was getting so kind of worked up about achievement what was the right way of doing it and the analogy that he used he said well think about it like driving a car you know if 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 you if you get in the car and you hold the, the steering wheel and you're gripping like this and you're just like plowing straight on yeah absolutely you will probably you will get there but you will be you know not in a, maybe a great place when you get there or you could potentially crash but if you go to the other extreme of of just having you know with your, your finger like this there's also a very high chance of you cra crashing so i think it's, it's it's finding that finding that that balance um there um that's that's how i think about it i tend to try and find um, I don't need I don't need the entire picture to make the whole thing to make sense. I need um, I think Viktor Frankl talks about this very well in, in Man's Search for Meaning. He said as long as that scene in your life is making sense, then that's fine. You probably won't know the whole what the whole film's about until the very end when they, they reveal what's, what was going on. But, but as long as I kind of keep that focus on 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 the level of intention and that that kind of balance there, and as long as that whatever the work that I'm doing at that point, it has an integrity to it. it. It feels like it fits together in that sense. Then, then it helps to get a structure in my head. Fantastic, Allison. Do you have anything to add on that? Side? Um, I think everything that because there is so much going on uh, in in our lives just now in our schedules. I, I think it's much much more important for me to not lose sight of the things that are important. That make me feel like I'm, you know, I'm a, a good human being on the planet, and I'm, and I'm doing the things that I that I need to do to feel that I'm contributing to society. So singing's really important, but actually I don't really place myself as that important in the grand scheme of things. Um, I know a very um, very well known actor friend of mine, who's is. Uh, very famous in the UK, and he probably is in the in the US as well because he's been in Downton Abbey and various films. I had a conversation with him about being on the planet and being kind to animals, and and he had the exact same um, thoughts as as me. He said, "I don't really, I don't see what I do as that important in terms of his own career, because he doesn't place that at the highest. What he thinks is more important, as as I do, is is the effect of me being on the planet and and leaving things slightly better. I know I don't know if that's a selfish thing, but um, it's important for me to, to have that. So in amongst everything else that's going on, I think at the very front of my mind is that these I can satisfy myself that I'm doing my best for either someone else or another creature on the planet who doesn't have a voice. I'm, I'm lucky I have a voice. You know, so. Allison, you're, 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 you don't know it, but you're stuck. I'm going to send you a copy of Marcus Aurelius's Meditations. <laughs> <laughs> we're, going to bring you, we're going to bring you over. So Chris, I want to bring you in on, on your thoughts on, on this, but uh, just warning everybody, we're coming up on the hour. Um, there is a Zoom link in this live event that you can click on and actually enter the Zoom webinar room with us. And if you would like to ask the panelists a guest, you will need to be here in the webinar room. So just click that list, you'll get in immediately. And if you wanna ask a question, simply raise your hand 
and, uh, and, and I'll bring you into the conversation. Um, Chris, would you like to, to, to say anything about this, the subject of, of mindfulness and creativity? Um, I think I feel myself very much uh, in line with what Alison has just said, that I think if you can keep a grip on the relative importance of things all the time, I mean, not in a kind of desperate way, but just kind of keep your head on, you know, just keep, be aware, however much the immediate pressures are around you, just, just think what actually, what actually does matter. And, and so many of the things that people get worked up about, they, you know, really, if you press them, they'd say, well, of course that doesn't matter. There are, you know, there are, there are other things that do matter, you know, the, how, you, how you live and how you treat other people and, 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 and what sort of human being you are and, and what your, how you stand, you know, in relation to nature um, and, and the world we live in. There are important things, but it, so it's just keeping that big picture uh, in your head, but not kind of dominating you. Kind of, uh, and, and then just in a way with that in mind, just behaving naturally, just letting things occur and respond to them as they happen. Very, very good. We are going to go to questions here in just one minute. I would like to just, as we're wrapping up, I, I would love to go around the room one last time. Um, please, each of you share whatever online location, platform, address that you would like um, for folks to be able to find out more about the work that you do. And maybe um, in addition to that, give us your, just one tip um, based on your area of expertise or your, your vocation. Uh, just you know, one tip for creatives and artists um, and Stoics going forward for just uh, engaging in their enterprise or endeavor with a greater sense of flourishing, tranquility, and and well-being. And uh, Greg, I'm going to start with you. <laughs> Put on the spot. Sorry. Well, um, yeah, so, so if I had to pick just one thing, I would say, um, you know, like, like Chris was saying, being able to restore that sense of perspective of what, what, what actually does matter. Um, I mean, we can frame it in terms of what's in your control, what's not in your control, whether it's, uh, you know, virtue being the sole good or that, but, but it really does come down to a matter of restoring perspective. Um, and then as far as, you know, I'm sort of spread out all over the internet, but I guess if there's one easy place to find me besides the Reason.io website, it would be my main YouTube channel, uh, which you can just, you know, write Gregory B. Sadler, it will pop up on Google. It's easier than putting the link. Fantastic. Thank you for that. Debbie. Um, I guess the easiest way to find out more about me and the work, it would be going to my website, www maybe Joffy Ellis as one word.com. And on that, if you're interested, you can read some of the pieces I wrote for Psychology Today and see some video interviews with me and, and so on and um, contact me through that if you have questions. Um, I guess the final thing for this event that, that I would want to say would be to remind people watching that each one of us has a choice about the way that we think, feel and behave. We have choice. And if we choose to be mindful, to catch the inhibiting beliefs, dispute them and replace them with optimistic ones, with healthy ones, which includes serving other people and the planet in positive ways, then we will create within us 
has stability, equanimity, and tranquility that allows creative juices to flow more easily and be expressed and invite opportunities that we create to be more playful, contributing, and feel fulfilled. And finally, to remind people of a tenet of REBT, the importance of unconditional acceptance of self and others, life, which is different words of saying something that Greg indicated, of, of accepting what is, uh, changing what one can, and again, with the goal of creating tranquility so we can feel more joy, more love, and let those creative juices flow. Fantastic. Thank you, Debbie. Chris? Um, uh, as a platform to, to contact uh, a lot of the ways we, we work to put out stoic ideas, modern stoicism, just modern stoicism, home of Stoicon and, and Stoic Week is, is um, we tried to create this one platform that has lots of wonderful things in it. Uh, one piece of Stoic advice, <laughs> well, um, let me just say that their idea of, of not so much creativity, but development, the development we all have, we can all do. It's a matter of bringing together two things, uh, realizing our capacity to to achieve our ideals and relating properly to other people. And those two things are inseparable. It's a matter of, of, as Forster said, only connect, connect those two things and bring them together. That's, that's, that's at the heart of it, I think. Thank you very much, Chris. And we're gonna go to California and we'll, we'll start on my right, that's probably your left, Allison. Okay, the best way to connect with me is either through my website, which is alisonburns.com, or you'll find me on Facebook. I have a, a fan page and a personal page, but also on Twitter, Alison Burns Jazz. I'm a big tweet fiend, so everything that I'm up to is is on Twitter. Um, if there's a, a tip that I would like to to give, just from my own perspective, um, um, is to there's a lot of freedom to be had, I think, in leading an honest life, um, honest and mindful, um, mindful about what, how you you know how you eat, how you live, um, but also as well as an artist. Um, it's easy to become puffed up as an artist and the ego out there. I think if you're true to yourself, it's, it's, um, it's a much more joyful place to be and, and there's a lot more fun in it as well. Um, it's easy, I always say, when someone appears to be all puff, no pastry, I actually like to focus <laughs> on the pastry. <laughs> so yeah, it's um, not to let the ego take over. It's, it's, it's a common thing. Fantastic. Is that okay? <laughs> How about you, James? Um, so yeah, if people want to learn more about uh, creativity training in any way, um, then you can just go to jamestaylor.me.me, and I've got a free video series there around training, especially. Um, with what's happening in artificial intelligence automation just now, creativity is going to go from the tenth most important job skill to the third most important job skill in the market. So this is—I know for a lot of companies I speak to, this is a creativity is a big thing that they were they're wanting to speak about. In terms of something just very tactical, people could do just now. I, I love um, a, a model that Julia Cameron, the writer, came up with way back in the seventies called Morning Pages. Very simple thing. If we think about our creativity a little bit like a muscle, then it's yeah, you know, if before you go and work out and do do something physical, you usually warm up first. And morning pages, which essentially just when you get up in the morning, you're a cup of tea, cup of coffee, 
sit and do three pages of freehand writing. Pages are never going to be seen by anyone. They're just just to kind of get your ideas, some ideas in your head onto the page. I think it's great just for kind of stretching and working out that muscle first thing in the morning so you can then go on to do uh, your other creative work. Fantastic. And Martin, we'll wrap up with you. Well, there's been so many great things said here. Um, on here. So I'm, I'm going to keep mine very, very simple. And just, it, just all, always be mindful and in the moment. And uh, a problem that uh, I, I had early on was I felt that I needed to know everything <laughs> about what I was doing. And then as, as time went on, I, I'm, I'm just speaking in, in my area uh, of music. I met um, some musicians that could do knew so much, could do so many things. Then I started working with some musicians that had a very limited uh, musical vocabulary, but they could they had this ability to to communicate and say wonderful things musically uh, with uh, with less of a um, a breadth to their their, their musicality. And that's something I, that I learned and was something I'm actually, I've got to the point of having tried to know as much as possible. I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually breaking it all down and just uh, see how little of what I, what I know I can actually use <laughs> to express myself. Less is more, less is more. Yeah, less is more, there you go. <laughs> um, so I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll add in two cents here at the end. Um, my, my handbook is based on the assertion that struggling creatives are driven by passion and thriving artists are, are driven by purpose. And that idea of if you dial in your intention and your motivation and align what you do with your values, not your beliefs, not your attitude, <laughs> but your values, and with the things that you're really good at, which are your talents, your soft skills, and then you seek to share that with an audience that shares your values and need or appreciates your talents, you have a much greater chance for a, 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 a artistic and creative journey that has less stress and, and more flourishing. We have a couple of folks here in the, in the room that are not raising their hand. Um, it appears that we have done such a remarkable job yeah. with and Creativity Roundtable that we have left no question um, answered. Uh, so, and, and we have come to the uh, hour mark um, I did. I hope that I corrected my uh, my audio issues. Somebody in the Facebook group said that the audio was a little uh, squeaky. But um, I want to thank all of the guests: Greg Sadler, Dr. Debbie Joffe Ellis, Chris Gill, Allison Burns, James Taylor, Martin Taylor for being here for the very first and hopefully not the last Stoics and Creativity Roundtable. I'm going to ask you all to just hang out in the room for just one second while we say goodbye. But um, I think we should all just put up our hand and wave goodbye to the live audience. There's a lot of folks here. Thanks. Thank you, so much. Thank you Scott. Thank you, Scott. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Very Thank good. You, Thanks. Thanks for tuning into the Stoic Creative Podcast. If you're still with us, we appreciate your time and attention. You can help ensure the continued development and delivery of this broadcast. Simply visit thestoiccreative.com and click on the Fuel tab in the upper right-hand corner, then decide what to do next. Now, go and share your best work with those that need it, and we'll see you next time.